Welcome to the Simply Magic Podcast, a show that gives you the tools you need to pursue your big, crazy, and wildest dreams while still showing up for yourself, your relationships, and your life. We show you how to simplify your life so you can create magic in the things that matter. I'm your host, Kelsey. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today, I want to talk about setting goals. There are so many different strategies out there on how to set goals you'll actually stick to. So chances are you've already come across and tried at least one of these strategies. Personally, I was taught a pretty basic goal setting strategy when I was in middle school that was basically pick an end goal, set a time frame, and you're done. Goal set. This way of setting goals doesn't account for so many different variables. First, it doesn't allow you to take into account your current circumstances. Sometimes we have goals that we want to accomplish that just aren't feasible in the moment, and we have to either make changes to our lives that make them feasible, or we need to adjust our goal. It also doesn't break down the goal into action steps. You might know where you want to go, but at some point you have to figure out what steps you need to take in order to get there. So while I was building the Simply Magic lifestyle framework, I thought a lot about what the big differences between the goals I set in the past that I was able to stick with and accomplish and the ones that I fell off the wagon, so to speak. After analyzing the differences and testing them out in my personal life, I came up with the simple goal setting system, and I'm going to break this down for you in today's episode. The word simple in the simple goal setting system is an acronym for the six key points you'll want to frame your goal around. You can think of these as checkboxes that you want each goal to meet as you think about what you want to accomplish for the upcoming season. Let's start with S. You might immediately think S stands for simple, but it actually stands for specific. We want our goals to be as clear as possible. So dream in detail and ask yourself questions like who, what, when, where, and why. Then write it down so you don't forget. Next up is I, which stands for input-based. I get so many questions about this, so let's dig into what it means. If the term input-based is new to you, chances are you're used to setting output-based goals. This type of goal is based on the end result. Let's say I want to lose 20 pounds this summer, so I set a goal to lose 20 pounds. While this sounds pretty great and straightforward, this goal doesn't tell you how you're going to accomplish this goal. Are you going to run an hour a day, cut calories, go on some crazy new diet fad, What if you do all of those things and you still don't lose 20 pounds? Did you fail? This is why I hate output-based goals. They don't help you in any way. They are basically just an end result that you're crossing your fingers and hoping will come true if you do X, Y, and Z. I look at it like it's more of a wish than a goal. So instead, I set input-based goals. These are goals that are based on your actions, not the end result. This gives you complete control over whether or not you accomplish your goal. It's also easier to see results, which is motivating. With output-based goals, you can pour your heart and soul into them and still not get the results you were hoping for because you set yourself up for failure in the beginning or how you went about accomplishing that goal just simply did not work. That's incredibly discouraging, and it's no wonder that these goals are difficult to stick to. So how do I change my output-based goal of losing 20 pounds into an input-based goal? I change my goal to an action step that I think will likely give me the end result. So instead, I would set a goal to eat healthy for the next 30 days, or I would set a goal to work out five times a week for the next four weeks. This should help me move the needle towards my end result, but my goal is to accomplish the action. Then at the end of the four weeks, I can adjust my goal. I can add more time to my workouts, eat healthier, or cut out soda. 
It gives me an opportunity to be flexible and to modify when things aren't working. The point is you're moving forward and you're getting that feeling of accomplishment instead of feeling discouraged. Let's go over one more example. Let's say I want to write a book this year. So my goal is to write a book. Well, this isn't very helpful. And for me personally, I would procrastinate this until the very end of the year. And then I would try to fit it all in in one month. But if I change this goal to I want to write 10 pages per week, instead, I create a new habit around that goal that will likely end in me creating my book. This allows me to incorporate working on this goal into my everyday life, which again allows me to consistently move the needle towards my bigger goal. Now that we've got that down, the next letter in our simple goal setting framework is M, which stands for measurable and time-based. Measurable means that there is some task that you can tell if it's done or not. A non-measurable goal would be to say, I want to be happy. Happiness is very difficult to quantify or to measure. Same with, I want to be rich. Again, this is vague and difficult to measure since wealth is relative. A better goal for these would be to choose something that makes you happy and set a goal to do it more often, or to choose something that isn't making you happy and set a goal to eliminate it. As for wealth, choosing a yearly salary figure would be better, but it would be output paced. So I would instead choose to set a goal to work on something like a side hustle consistently in order to increase my income. As for time-based, this is just setting a specific time frame for you to accomplish your goal. Setting a time frame is helpful because one, it gives us an end date we can reasonably expect to be done working on the goal, two, it holds us accountable, and three, it allows us to break the goal down into monthly, weekly, and daily subtasks that we can use to benchmark our progress. Setting a time frame for your goal is as simple as putting an end date at the end of your goal, but I encourage you to really think about what is a reasonable amount of time to accomplish your goal based on how much time you have to put towards it right now. This is another reason input-based goals are more helpful. You can see how much of a time commitment you're making in your daily life right from the get-go. That way you can make sure it's appropriate or make adjustments if necessary. Okay, speaking of making sure it's appropriate, we're going to move on to the letter P, which stands for practical. I love this one because it's key so many new goal setters miss. Don't get me wrong, I want you to dream big, but sometimes we need to break down really big goals into smaller bite-sized pieces that are seasonably appropriate. You're still working towards your big goals, but you're doing something more manageable right now. What do I mean when I say seasonably appropriate? Well, part of the Simply Magic lifestyle framework is learning to live in your current season. Sometimes life just doesn't cooperate with our big vision. Sometimes we have responsibilities or restrictions that are holding us back from the things we want to do. And that's okay. We need to learn to work within those. So let me give you an example from my own life. I had a rather complicated birth with my first child. I get very sick when I'm pregnant. I lost 15 pounds in the first trimester with my daughter from just the inability to keep anything down. In addition to that, I had some medical complications that made it necessary for me to not only have a C-section, but to have that C-section early. Waiting was not only a big risk to my life, but a huge risk to my daughter's life. So the decision was made to deliver her a few weeks early. While I was confident in the decision I made, the stress and worry were unreal. She was born completely healthy, needed no time in the NICU, and we took her home three days later. While we were home, I started to notice some strange behavior from her when she was eating. It seemed like she was drowning and was very distressed every time I would try to feed her. I would stare at her the whole time trying to decide if she was turning blue or if it was just my imagination. 
At seven days old, I took her to the emergency room, despite being told by everyone around me that I was just a nervous mom. Even the ER doctor took one look at me and my daughter and said, I think she's fine, but just to ease your mind, we will take some oxygen readings. About three minutes into them monitoring her oxygen, it randomly dropped from 99% to 55%. The alarm started beeping, the nurses came in, and it stayed low for a minute or two and then went back up to 99%. This happened a few more times until the ER doctor came in just completely baffled. I'll skip the details of what happened next, but we did end up finding out that she had dysphagia and was aspirating while she was eating. This was causing damage to her lungs and her oxygen to drop randomly. It ended up being a pretty simple fix of just thickening her food and providing her supplemental oxygen until her levels returned to normal, which happened at about four months old. But the process of figuring out what was wrong was a nightmare. Tons of overnight testing, watching your daughter get hooked up to all kinds of machines, multiple doctors, IVs coming out of her head, and tons of confusion. So my husband and I celebrated and cheered when we were finally able to take her off of the oxygen. We felt a huge amount of relief from such a long, stressful season of our lives. This lasted all of about one week. I started to feel a little bit sick, and by a little bit, I mean a lot bit. I honestly thought I was losing my mind, but I told my husband I thought I was pregnant again. For two days, he convinced me it was just in my head. I was on birth control and had been for two and a half months. How could we possibly be pregnant? Finally, I decided I needed to know, so I bought a pregnancy test. My husband sat outside the door while I did my thing, and I came out five minutes later stone-faced and just handed my husband the pregnancy stick with a big, fat, pregnant written in capital letters across the display. I was upset to say the least. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love babies, and I love my son, and I definitely wanted more kids, but I was so excited to have ended such an emotionally and physically draining time of my life and to feel some sense of normalcy for at least a little while. It was a big shock to go from finally feeling like I could relax to immediately sick and exhausted again, staring down the barrel of another long nine months. This also meant some of my dreams and goals for the upcoming season were not going to happen which was a little disappointing for me. What I thought my life was going to look like over the next few years was completely changed and I had to figure out a way to still work towards my dreams, but in a way that was doable for me while being pregnant and quite ill. Living in your season is complicated because we all hold our seasons differently. You have a different personality, background, needs, and desires than I do. So when we are vulnerable about how difficult we find our current season, we open the door for others to feel offended or dismissed in theirs. When we disengage from our current season, we are ultimately choosing to be miserable. While this might be okay, in most situations, this season will likely pass. But would you really choose to simply suffer through? When we disengage, we are simply letting the present be and shutting down. But when we choose to set goals that align with our current season, we are opening the doors to real progress. We are also limiting overwhelm and distress over things we simply cannot control. We can still make progress on our goals in difficult seasons. It just might not be as quickly as you might have imagined it to be. And we have to learn to be okay with that. So let's say you want to own your own business and be your own boss, but you're currently working full time and you're the primary breadwinner for your family. Quitting your job to start your own business probably isn't very practical for you. It's not appropriate for your current season in life, but things will change. Instead of setting a goal to quit your job and work on your dream business right now, start with working on your dream business on the side. Maybe you can build up the income a little so that it's not quite a shock to your family's financial situation when you do quit. Or you can set a goal to set aside a certain amount of money each week so that your family has a cushion to fall back on when you finally do quit. 
These are seasonably appropriate goals that will still move you in the direction of your big dream. I have so much more to say about living in your season. It was really a difficult life lesson for me, but one that has brought so much positivity to my life. If you want to read more about living in your season, I'll leave a link in the description for the podcast to the Simply Magic Lifestyle Framework guidebook, which has tons more information about living in your season inside. But for now, let's move on to the next letter, which is L. L stands for little action steps. Remember earlier when I was talking about output-based goals and how they don't account for the action needed to actually accomplish anything? Well, breaking down your goals into little action steps is just another way in which we can transform our goals from one big ambiguous dream into easy to digest actionable steps. You can break down your goals into as little of steps as you personally want to, but here is how I break mine down. I start with a quarterly goal. I take one of my big dreams and think about how I can work towards it over the next three months. Then I break down that goal into three big chunks, which become my monthly focus goals. These are benchmark goals that indicate progress towards my bigger quarterly goal. Once I have those laid out, I break down each one of those into a weekly goal and individual tasks. This way, when I'm scheduling out my week, I can see exactly what needs to get done that week in order to make progress on that goal. Sometimes this is really simple and straightforward. Losing weight or getting healthier is really as simple as saying, I'm going to work out for six days a week. I don't really need to break that down any more than that. I might add a task to my first week to set aside time for that goal. But with this type of goal, consistency is progress. But a more complicated goal like revamping my website has a lot of different aspects to it. So for this goal, I would break it down into three categories, my shop, my main site, and my VIP site. I would write down everything that I need to get accomplished in those three bigger categories and divide them as evenly as I could between each week, essentially creating my weekly focus goals. Then from there, I would break those down into daily tasks and set aside a specific time allotment each day to work on those tasks. The point of this step is to break down bigger goals into easy to accomplish action steps. I find the more specific I am with this step, the easier it is for me to stay on track. The last key point to the simple goal setting framework is to set goals that are engaging. This is really just a way for you to check in with yourself when you're creating goals to make sure that you're setting a goal that you're truly engaged with, something that you really want to accomplish and that you aren't just doing it out of expectation or obligation like we've talked about in previous episodes. We want to make sure our goals are aligned with our vision and with our hearts. Otherwise, we won't stick with them. Sometimes with this step, it's helpful to write out why you want to accomplish a goal. Your answer can be very eye-opening, and it can also help you to push through when you start to feel discouraged or unmotivated. So that's it on how to set simple goals. Now let's go over the three action steps you can take in order to set simple goals for yourself. The first step is to brainstorm some goals. Get out a blank piece of paper and start writing out some ideas for your goals. Don't overthink this. If you've been following along with the podcast, you might have already completed the life evaluation exercise, and this is a great place to refer back to to get some ideas for what you want to work on in your life. Next up, you're going to evaluate your goals based on everything we've talked about today. So look back at your brainstorming page and start writing out your goals as input-based goals. We are going to start by just choosing four goals to work on over the next year, so chances are you'll need to eliminate some of them for now. But don't worry, you'll have plenty of time to go back in and add new goals as you accomplish the ones you choose today. Next, check to make sure your goals are seasonably appropriate and engaging. Cross off any that don't fit the bill or modify them so that they do. 
If you're left with more than four, choose the ones that you're most passionate about. Next, we want to define our goals. Find somewhere visible to write your goals down. This could be a post-it note on your bathroom mirror or in a journal or in your planner. Write them out with all the details, including your why and your time frame. Then break those goals down into actionable steps we talked about earlier and schedule them out. And the last step is to start doing them. Start working on those action steps. I can't tell you how good it feels to start checking off tasks that you know are moving you towards those big dreams. Next month, we're going to be diving deep into key four, which is all about setting up routines and building a schedule that supports you and allows you to make consistent progress on your goals without feeling stressed and overwhelmed. I so appreciate you tuning in to today's show. If you did enjoy it, make sure to leave a review so I can know what you thought. Your feedback is so important to me and it helps the show more than you will ever know. If you want more Simply Magic in your life, make sure to join me over at inkandpine.co and don't forget to meet me right back here next month to learn more on how you can be magical in the things that matter and simplify the things that don't.